methods, such as, oh my god, such as air, water, light, heat, earth. He's the fucking last airbender. <laughs> I was gonna say, he's, he's, the, he's, he's using the avatar. Magic. Hello and welcome to episode six of History's Greatest Idiots, the show in which we look back on the greatest mistakes in human history and try and examine them and learn from them so that you never make the same mistakes again. But who are we kidding? We're humans. We make mistakes all the time. I'm Lev. Joining me, as always, is my amazing co-host, the wonderful Derek. Derek, wow, how are you doing? Man, I'm all speechless now. <laughs> I'm, I'm blushing. I've turned you into a magician slightly with that intro. (laughs) The wonderful Derek. As long as I'm not a magician on a uh, cruise ship, I'm fine. (laughs) So how's your week been, buddy? How are are things with you over on your end of the world? It's it's been pretty good. My son had a couple of starts uh, pitching for his team. He actually threw a, a, technically threw a no-hitter, striking out eight. So it was good. The the relief pitcher that came in for the last inning gave up Uh. a run. So well, he can say you know that he's got a clean record. The relief pitcher, not so much. Yeah, I, I'm but, fascinated in this. I've always I, I've been to America a lot of times. The one thing I've never done is seen a baseball game. I think we talked about this before. But um, I totally I love that your your son is now a very very good pitcher at that level. And I love it. Future's too. bright for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's it's really cool. It's yeah, I get I get super excited about it, and it's like, well, I try not to have too much pride because it's him doing it, not me, you know. But I mean, <laughs> it's it's really me. <laughs> <laughs> Living vicariously is totally fine. I do it with celebrities because I don't have any children. Although we were talking about this before the podcast, I'm getting a puppy soon, and it's very very exciting. And they're Go cute, on. cute little puppies. Oh, <laughs> the most adorable little puppy, little dashend little mini wire hair dashing so that's going to be so cool it's going to be happening in june um yeah so generally everything seems to be okay we i was just talking to you before we started the podcast we've been going for it'll be a little bit longer by the time this comes out but we've been going for a few weeks now and i think in that time we've we've made a, a good little successful run of it we've had approaching 200 views plays views it's a podcast mate of of the episodes and um i feel like that's a good start we've had 28 brand new people download the podcast and hello to you out there if you're listening the majority of you are from america the majority of you are um male and one of you is from taiwan so hello to our one fan in taiwan i was looking really really hard for a taiwanese idiot historically to to go after just because <laughs> really appeal of that. for that market but there's there's really none that i can find so no um, and we also, we don't. I kind of. I don't want to upset that market. I feel like that there's a burgeoning market we can exploit there. Okay. So let's um, let's stay with Americans because the majority of our audience, <laughs> even though they are American and men, they're quite happy to hear about stupid American men. Oh, so yes, that's that's a thing, man. That's why reality television's so huge out here. We love exactly. to watch train wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a good train wreck? What? I would like to do is start with your choice. Now, what we tend to do before these podcasts is we give each other hints so that we know not to research the same person, because despite the fact there are incalculable numbers of idiots out there, there is still the chance that one week we might both look at the same idiot and go, ooh, I don't think I'm going to cover that, and then we'd be kind of screwed. So 
this week you let me know that the person is an evangelical preacher, and I am fascinated to know more. So please, Derek, can you tell me more about this week's idiot? So there's probably too many end-time predictions and apocalyptic prophecies that have been doled out over the ages for me to count uh, or <laughs> list out. Like, even if I yeah. take off my shoes and count my toes, there's more than that. Oh, yeah, way more. Some of them have been more, like, accepted, but, like, I don't know if that's the right word. I think like none of them seriously, actually... Like, seriously, maybe? Yeah, because it's not like any of them actually happened, and we were like, no, no. that's not happening. No, we don't accept this one. <laughs> but some some spread pretty wide like the mayan calendar end times prediction was sure. one that that was big the y2k one was a good one yep i, I remember I'm not gonna both lie. of those i was a little bit worried about the y2k one because i was still all excited and hopeful and starry-eyed about starting my life and i finally was living <laughs> with this hot chick who's um, now my wife well and, there you go uh, i was like please don't let that be my luck the world ends as soon as i get to start <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm just about to have loads of fun. And it turns out that really the only person that was at risk of that was pretty much any musician whose uh, music is based on synthesizer music. So like Jean-Michel Jarre would have been in real trouble had the Y2K <laughs> thing actually happened. But yeah. other than that, it was just much ado about nothing, to be honest. Yeah, at worst, really, it would have just been a setback. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, literally, kind of. Now, to give you a hint of this idiot, he okay. is an apocalyptic picker so to speak oh so okay. he is an evangelical tv and radio personality wow that okay. uh you know tried to make a prediction for the end of the world i'm getting and... a very specific picture when you say evangelical tv and radio preacher i immediately get a very specific image in my mind i'm thinking old angry white man are so... there any other <laughs> pretty <laughs> much no <laughs> and you're, you're really correct aren't. Because he was born in 1921 in Boulder, Holy Colorado, shit. to wow. immigrant parents, and both of his parents were from the Netherlands, but oh. didn't actually meet each other until they were in the United States. But I'm not wow, that's really a coincidence. Not, it's 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 like that uh, serendipitous sort of fate yeah. type thing, right? Evil so serendipity, maybe, as it turns out. Maybe he's special, though. Maybe that's what that is. Mm. Early on, they moved to California, and that's pretty much where he spent the rest of his life. Okay. In 1942, he graduated from the University of California in Berkeley, which... Oh, wow, okay. Berkeley is a super fantastic city. I don't know if you've been there when you, you came through America, but it's... I have not, no, but I've heard a lot of nice things, and the University of Berkeley has got a very good reputation, as far as I can tell, so... It, it does, and there's a lot of creative people that come out of there, and when I was working on the railroad, I spent some time. It's got an amazing nightlife and, uh, like, punk wow. scene. And, like, there's nice. a place called Gilman, where a lot of the punk people started out, like, uh, okay. no effects and people like that. So, Oh, wow, no effects. I've seen them live. I saw them live in Philadelphia. One of the best moments of my life. Honestly, yeah? they're so fun live. I They are amazing live. And Fat they Mike, are. talking about train wrecks, oh. I mean, that's that's a whole nother story. <laughs> we, I, we interviewed him once when I was oh, doing wow. uh, punk radio. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's I'll tell you about that story later. But. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to hear that. So this dude, the old evangelical preacher, not Fat Mike, um, <laughs> graduated from Berkeley in 1942 with a Bachelor okay. of Science in Civil Engineering. Oh, wow. Which you'd think would make him pretty smart. Yeah. Pretty well-rounded, maybe good at math. 
Absolutely, yeah, that's a big, big thing to be able to boast about, really, that kind of degree. Being good at math and, and, and engineering would be, it'll be important later. Oh, well, yeah, it, also, it should be incredibly useful, but he ended up being an evangelical preacher, so I'm thinking there's a shift coming. But not so much a preacher as a personality, but in 1958, uh. he began his tenure in radio broadcasting, and not just radio broadcasting, but as you said, evangelical Christian radio broadcasting. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, I'm not no, picking no. on him because he's religious, just because he tried to predict the end of the world. No, again, we're not, we're not, we don't want to, we don't want to be too harsh on anyone or any given group here. But unfortunately, a lot of the times when you see extremes in any situation, it does bring out the worst in people. And, you know, some people are drawn to that because they are extremes. And, that does happen. So evangelical preachers have got a bit of a history for producing controversial figures. And it sounds like this guy's one of them. They're charismatic, to say the least, though. Yes. So he predicted the end of the world unsuccessfully, not once, but five times. Five times? Holy a, shit. a few of Who them... Who was still listening after the first three? Well, a few of them were revisions and just refigurings, you know, he, redoing he his math. Too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and that's what I mean. He really got into the math part of it to, right. to come up with his predictions. His first few, uh, he really went for it, published a book called 1994, which detailed Ooh. what he believed would be the second coming of Christ and okay. used some of that top-notch Berkeley math to calculate <laughs> using Jewish feast days, the Hebrew calendar, okay. uh, lunar what, month but- calendars. Why those, though? That's the question I'd be like, right, why are you using Jewish feast days? What is about them that makes you think they're important for the end of the world? Well, it's it's going off of some sort of passage in the Bible that uh, oh, told him okay. that he could guess it. And gotcha. I mean, it also says that you can't guess it or nobody knows or whatever, too. So, I mean, sure. you know, it's a duality. It's, <laughs> but he, he rounded everything out, calculated it up, and figured it was going to be September 9th, 1994. All right. Uh, now, technically, he said it might be September 9th, 1994. Okay, he qualified it. Nice. <laughs> I, so I kind of feel like like bad for counting that one. But uh. after it passed, he decided, well, maybe it was supposed to be September 29th. I did forget to carry the two. So. Okay, yeah. And then that didn't happen. Of course and not, no. He, he said, hold on, let me refigure this again. Yeah, back it's to the going, drawing board. It's going to be October 2nd. Still 1994, though. But he's he's really. Why would you go so close? Like, surely if he's doing this for some sort of con, why would it be so close together? Well, he started coming up with these predictions and teachings back in 1988, and okay. it kind of cost him his church. He was going to the Christian oh. Reform Church, and in 1988, which happens to be the year of significance that he uses to calculate his stuff. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's where he comes up with 1994. I'm guessing. Needless to say, none of them occurred in 1994. Not. not that I know of, anyway. But you'd figure nobody would believe him after three yeah, failed predictions. On. So he kind of went into hiding for a little while. But in <laughs> 2005, he swung back into the groove of predicting. <laughs> and the door open. I'm back. <laughs> New date <laughs> for you. It's going to be 2011. Right? That's what it's going to be. interesting? He keeps giving six-year gaps. Like, 1988 to 1994... There's a six-year gap. He comes back in 2005, and he predicts uh, 2011. So there's always like a six-year window with this guy. It might, I didn't even notice that pattern. So, And if he did it three times, that's three sixes. That's the number of the devil, <gasps> Derek. 
Oh my god, you're you're picking up all kinds of stuff here. <laughs> now I'm like, I got little goosebumps and stuff, man. Now yeah. I need my own cult. <laughs> Damn. Okay, well, he started dropping the dates out there okay. in publications called uh, We're Almost There and To God Be the Glory, where he pointed out that May 21st, 2011, was going to mm-hmm. be the date of the rapture, and then October oh. 21st, 2011... Uh, that was going to be the real end of it, which is kind of cool because this time he went straight out and said there's going to be two dates. So, some good just-in-case shit, I suppose. Yeah. So you get, like, everyone gets raptured, and then everyone else has got a few months. Like, right, we didn't get raptured. We made some mistakes in our life. But we've got a few more months to get things sorted. So let's kind of get ourselves together, and maybe we can get re-raptured. Uh, before the end date, so if that's yeah. a thing, that's that's kind of yeah. what I figured. It gives you a chance to get your shit together, and maybe yeah. you can still be saved. His 2011 prediction really started to pick up steam because there was a large-scale publicity campaign by Family Radio, which he happened to be in charge of at the time. <laughs> um, that it it kind of prompted some ridicule by atheist groups, and opened up that actually opened up the door for real media to start right. covering it a little bit. Okay. Usually sort of tongue-in-cheek. Well, of course, yeah. By 2010, the followers really were getting up there in numbers and fervor. Oh. They started a caravan, uh, those five <laughs> RVs that traveled around the country with the message spread on it, trying to save people's souls. How would they save their souls, though? That's the question. By converting them. I don't know how all of that works. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not a super religious fellow. Nah. So I don't know how any of it works. Mm, but they did it all. They had a plan. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. I yeah, don't have to they. know what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a billboard started to pop up around um, the Bay Area. Approximately 5,000 across the country. Jeez. With posters and all that. That must have cost him a fortune. Well, it was the single most or the largest, most expensive single event advertising campaign ever uh, oh with over God. $100 million being spent by family radio telling folks oh. about the rapture to be prepared. $100 million. I've never heard of family radio before. You and I have both worked in the radio industry. I've never heard of them before. And somehow they've managed to spend $100 million on an advertising campaign on something they don't know is absolutely going to happen. That's yes. insane. That's like presidential campaign money. Oh, my God. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. And on top of the billboards and that, they had you know TV ads running. They did sure. have three television stations that they owned as well that broadcast a show that this gentleman hosted. But some of the believers kind of ran into trouble. They lost their jobs, sold their homes, stopped saving mm-hmm. for their children's future. Some folks started to run up debt because <laughs> F you. <laughs> well, uh, we're not going to be here, which I don't yeah. think will get you raptured if you're screwed people no, over on like... your way out. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know about the Ten Commandments so much, but I pre- I'm pretty sure that God wouldn't be super happy that you're racking up debt that other people have to pay for on your way out. Yeah, I don't it, think that's what's meant by give away all your worldly possessions, you don't need them. Well, speaking of giving away your worldly possessions, the non-believers started coming up with business plans to separate some of these folks from their no. money, you know, because they're not going to need it. Taking over their pets when they leave. Oh, um, what? Different things like that. Um, uh, oh one girl in Russia did reportedly kill herself due to it as well, which oh, is wow. upping the level of bad yeah. juju. Why would you do that, guy? 
That's, <laughs> wow, yeah. And as you know, May 21st came and went and no rapture yeah. took place. May 22nd, he issued a statement that he was flabbergasted <laughs> and looking for answers and would oh, say more but... on his broadcast when he returned to work. Oh, I see. Right. He's plugging his show. Wow. Okay, now I'm getting where the $100 million was spent. He's hoping to spike them viewers. That's amazing. Oh, wow. And he did. He ended up with a viewership in the millions. That's incredible. So... How the fuck is that? Just, <laughs> this guy is amazing. He might be a, a, um, a PR genius. Anyways, yeah. please carry on. This is fascinating. <laughs> When he returned to his show on May 23rd, uh, his show's called Open Forum, if anybody right. wants to start making guesses at who it is, but there were members of press in attendance instead of just his normal audience, so he kind of took off from his normal format to take questions from the reporters, and he oh, stated yeah. that May 21st had been an invisible judgment day, uh, uh, which was, it was purely spiritual. Uh, okay, so it's invisible... Yeah. So ne people wouldn't necessarily have known that their spirits had been raptured. But... Right. But the, mm. the date was still going to be the 21st of October. Right. End of the world. Right. That's yeah. the big one, surely. That's, right. that's the one where the earthquakes and tsunamis and all of that yeah, stuff were yeah. coming. He went on saying that the May 21st was always the day, but we didn't understand altogether the spiritual meaning. May 21st right. is the day that Christ came and put the world under judgment. Okay. And he offered no apology for his earlier interpretation or interpretations, he and because he said it had actually been fulfilled, that <laughs> on May 21st, 1988, judgment came upon churches, okay, okay, when he left that church. September 7th, 1994, judgment came on the churches again. Right, right. So double judgment, poor churches. Yeah, okay. they had to really get their shit together. Yeah, but wow. In, in May 2011... May yeah. 21st, judgment came upon the entire world and, and everybody invisible. was invisibly judged. Yes, yeah, sure. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad that he knew that this invisible judgment took place because obviously with it being invisible, how would he have known? But I'm glad that he, I mean, he clearly does know because he's telling us. So exactly. I'm, I'm, I feel good about that now. Yeah, that's And good. he decided at that time that the publicity campaign could stop and all the billboards <laughs> could come down because ju God wasn't judging anymore. He had already judged. Yeah, so there'd yeah. be no point to continue, you know, with the spending of billions or hundreds of millions of dollars on that. <laughs> exactly. And he said, as far as donations go, they would not be returned because we're not at the end yet. Why would we return it? That's a direct quote. There's a number of flaws in that logic, but let's <laughs> let's let him carry on and, and keep digging his own grave. He continued to predict uh, October 21st, 2011 as the okay. end of the world, but right. modified the predictions with words like maybe and probably maybe. <laughs> rather than Possibly. complete certainty. <laughs> yeah. He, RSVP just in case. It, like me graduating high school. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> I did. Maybe I didn't. There's no pictures. Um. So he kept a pretty low profile as the date approached and refused yeah. to talk to the media. No statement was issued by Family Radio or the Doomsday Lottery player himself on October 21st when it didn't happen. Cool. Didn't come out on the 22nd either. And right maybe about even then. Yeah. Well, some mocking billboards decided to start popping up around the Bay Area that says things Amazing. like, fool me once, still here. Yeah. And uh, my favorite one, every day is judgment day, use yours, use reason. <laughs> That's uh, when the media reports started coming out that he had been wrong again. Uh, mm. Time Magazine added his predictions to the top 10 failed predictions list. <laughs> 
And it time it is such trolls, honestly. They're, but they're really good for putting things into lists for me to use yeah, later. Yeah, they so are. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until March 2012 that he admitted that his predictions were in error, and mm. then uh, an error on December in what, 15th, though? judgment, calculations, mental well, he stability. Wasn't see that <laughs> he. It was obviously just calculations. That way he can leave it open for a two-week continued. Yeah. On December 15th, 2013, his days of predicting came to an end because he passed away due to complications from a fall at home two weeks earlier because he was getting pretty old at the time. Yeah, I was going to say. Despite the predictions being total failures and bordering on complete insanity and Mm. some crazy-ass math, they continued to play his show on Family Radio all the way up until October of 2018. Wow. And I'm not not sure if it's intentional or not uh, that they... Ended it in October with, you know, the end being in October, but it was the 8th. So even if I wanted to say you got it right, they kind of took that away too. (laughs) Like, no, let's fuck this guy. Take his show off the air early. It's exactly. Well, was it another six years? That's a long time. Damn. Mm. I was, I thought your six year thing was going to translate to that too. See, they added another year just to take that six out of it. But that ends the saga of uh, what I think might be one of history's greatest idiots today, the one Mr. Harold Camping, civil engineer turned evangelistic doomsday prophet or false prophet, if you're into that sort of thing. Multiple time false prophet. Um, That's a fascinating story. I think I've actually heard that name before. Um, Oh, he was actually a big deal. Yeah. I mean, there's been some people that have done some little documentary things on him as well. I think it's the the Internet Historian, I think, did one on him. Oh, I love that guy. I love the Internet Historian. He's amazing. He's hilarious. He is hilarious. I got turned on to him because of Costa Concordia. There you go. that that one. Yeah, such amazing animations. Um, (laughs) So funny. (laughs) So funny. So, yeah, our friend here, Mr. Camping, or sorry, Father camping, pastor camping. Uh, he was actually very... never ordained. Oh, so okay. So just Mister Harold camping. Just a man shouting religious stuff. Okay, Mister camping is, and this is the thing. There was a a few years ago, a few years ago, decades ago now. There was a case involving a very extreme right wing commentator in the UK and. Some, I think it was a journalist who kind of called him out for being extreme right wing, and this guy was a Holocaust denier. Okay, oh. so, yeah, exactly. Now, the, the way civil actions work in the UK are very weird. If someone brings a case against you, the burden is on you, not them. You know, the person that brings the case. It's really stupid. But anyway, mm. the judge towards the end of the case, because the guy was fervent in his assertion that the Holocaust did not happen, that it was just a complete fabrication. The judge came up with a point which nearly scuppered the case. Thank God it didn't, because the guy was found guilty and ended up losing hundreds of thousands of pounds, thankfully. Um, The judge made the point, if he genuinely believes this, does that mean that he's in a way right? Because all he has to do is prove it to himself. And at that point, the attorneys for the journalist were like, oh God, is the judge really considering that as an option thankfully he didn't he was like no no right-minded person should be out here saying that the holocaust didn't happen i'm thinking with this guy and it's it's a thing with uh, motivation of idiots a lot of them genuinely believe what they're doing is right we talked about the guy who essentially killed the planet 
Like, he genuinely thought yeah. he was making amazing strides. And the captain of the Costa Concordia, he was just like, I am a Lothario. I can sail a ship close to shore and nothing bad will happen. Like, they genuinely believe their skill or their ability is obviously far greater than it ends up being. And that's the thing. It's like, where do you draw the line of idiocy? Like, if someone's doing it deliberately and they're, like, trying to fool everyone, that's a different story. But these people think they are the absolute thing they claim to be when everyone else knows they aren't. And I think that's a true idiot. With this guy, Mr. Camping, which, by the way, awesome name. Um, (laughs) He is a fascinating case study because he is a quintessential idiot. He has no qualifications for what he's doing in in calculating. He keeps getting it wrong. But the thing is, he in a way, he is a slightly successful idiot because he managed to convince people to give away their worldly possessions and rack up debt, um, yes. even though he'd been wrong multiple times before. That kind of says a lot for the charisma that can be used in, in bad ways. I'm going to say, with the score of this guy, I'm going to say 72. It might have been a little bit lower had one person not committed suicide. Like, that's awful. He is responsible for a death at that point. And possibly yeah. God knows how much debt that have been racked up and ruined people's lives who obviously haven't been invisibly raptured. But I would, Yeah, it was. I'll take 72, though. That's 72. I think he could have been a far bigger idiot had he done some sort of cult thing where he's like, the end of the world is definitely happening here. We should all get together and drink the Kool-Aid, literally. Yep. That would have made it far worse. And I think, you know, who we will, the majority of people who are familiar with history will know who we're talking about with that one. I can think Um, of two. I can think of, yeah, there's a few. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's, um, that's an amazing story. He was so into his own delusion that he couldn't see what the rest of the world could clearly see. That was that he was completely wrong. When we're talking about delusions, I have to tell you about one of the most amazing delusions of grandeur cases in recent history, possibly of all time. Okay. Now, we've talked about recent cases of idiots, you know, the Costa Concordia, um, you know, various other people. Like, this guy's quite recent as well. They don't have to go far back in history. This is probably the most recent because at this stage, the person I'm about to describe to you hasn't even been sentenced yet. Okay. Um, he's still only 23 years old which is incredible oh. when you think about it. Oh, do you okay. think you know who it is? Okay. I might. Okay. <laughs> I, I've i been waiting to do this one for a while. It's a fascinating case, and I just want to point out that this young man still has a lot of life to live, and hopefully he can turn his life around because the story of Malachi Love Robinson is one of the most incredible idiot stories you will ever hear in your life. I'm not short-selling it. You wait until you hear this. Okay. okay, well, I'm kind of scared. I'm scared yeah. of people named Malachi. I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's it's such an Old Testament name. You like, you feel like you're going to get smited or smote yeah. or whatever it is. So yeah. yeah, I think they got horror movies about that name oh, somewhere. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> like, that is a horror movie character name right there, Malachi. Like, there's something quite menacing about it. Anyway, Malachi Love Robinson first rose to prominence on January the 13th, 2015, when he was escorted off the premises of St. Mary's Medical Center in West Palm Beach, Florida, for impersonating medical personnel. Here comes the first eyebrow-raising part of his story. He was discovered in the OBGYN office, dressed in a white lab coat, and was equipped with a stethoscope and a face mask. First thoughts when you hear that he's lingering around the OBGYN uh, office. 
What a dirty little bastard. Yep. First thing I thought as well. Um, and this is this is where it gets really interesting. Despite being just 17 at the time, Love Robinson... Wow. I know. It's so amazing. Love Robinson asserted that he had been a doctor for years and later claimed that he had merely been requested to shadow physicians and that the situation would be blown out of all proportion by the security staff. So. Yeah, this dude was over here playing Doogie Hauser OBGYN. Yeah, but that's the thing, he's 17, he's like, no, I've been a doctor for years. Look, you are 17. There's no way. Anyway, in addition, a security guard told police that Dr. Robinson, as he called himself, had been seen working around the hospital for about a month even in restricted areas like the morgue. Oh, yeah, no. that's dark. Dr. Sebastian Kent, an actual OBGYN from St. Mary's, stated that Love Robinson had introduced himself as an anesthesiologist and had tried to ingratiate himself with Dr. Kent so he would take him around. That's mm. a dangerous... Per- uh, well, I mean, obviously impersonating a doctor or anything yeah. like that at a hospital, but an anesthesiologist... Very wow. dangerous, yeah. That's My like- tongue's not working today. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Mine is my stomach is in overdrive, so we can kind of balance things out. So, Derek, uh, we, we I asked you about your first impressions. Pretty kind of weird. I'm going to call him Doctor Love from now okay. on because his name's Love Robinson. It's too it's too easy. It's too low hanging fruit to pass over that one. So, I agree um, to those terms. Yes. Due to his status as a minor, it was determined that he would not be charged, nor would his name or age be released to the public. I actually think that's a mistake. I, I Not necessarily that he wasn't charged. I think the fact that they've essentially swept it under the rug, that's a problem, and it gets worse from there. After okay. a brief detainment, he was let off with a warning. His mother also said Love Robinson was being cared for by a doctor, but was refusing to take any medication, further complicating the situation. So, number of red flags here, I think. Yeah, a uh, little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit scary. Dr. Love took a short break from the spotlight after the initial story found its way into newspapers. Someone leaked it before reappearing again in late 2015. So just a few months later, when it was revealed that Love Robinson had begun working as a massage therapist at a Boynton Beach uh, Rehabilitation Centre. So many this kid. This, this, this little the, bastard. This is the horniest little dude. He, yeah, it's like a lot of this is sold as like medical. Oh, he's just pretending to be a doctor. Like he's pretending to be very specific doctors to get access to patients' very intimate details and, and like physical stuff. It, yeah. Very well, suspicious motivations behind this guy. His pattern there. With, yeah. And then you mentioned the morgue. Kind of grossed me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like it makes you go, oh, who wants access to a morgue? Anyway, <laughs> so we are at the Boynton Beach Rehabilitation Center. The job continued for several months until the Florida Department of Health received an anonymous tip-off regarding his unlicensed, untrained status. On December the 2nd, Love Robinson received a cease and desist letter. Now, at this point, he's gotten away with it twice. What he really needed the second time was an actual punishment. I'm not saying prison, but, you know, something that would have, like, stressed to him that what he was doing was not okay and he needed to change his ways. Because he's 17, you know. They like, gave him a letter. Yeah, like, send him to therapy. You know, court-mandated therapy. It's the best thing they could have done for him. None of that happened. Um, yeah. And it looks like... He's kind of running rings around his parents as well, which is the worrying part. Like, they seem to have no control over his behavior at this point. 
And he's still only 17, and he's already been in trouble twice, like very serious trouble. But anyway, yeah. uh, none of that happened, and it's about to get worse for Dr. Love and the world around him. Doc- in Dr. Love. in Well, Mr. Love. He's not an actual doctor. In January 2016, <laughs> Love Robinson opened the New Birth, New Life, Holistic, Alternative, Medical Center, and Urgent Care in an office block at 4700 North Congress Avenue in West Palm Beach, Florida. The office block also has several legitimate and well-established small medical practices. He's opened his own facility after just a few months of his second slap on the wrist. I this okay. <laughs> he's number one. He's a go-getter because I yeah. I've tried to start a business before and I never it's got. It's not to the easy, point of opening is it? A, no, he opened a practice at seventeen. With wow, but oh. <laughs> Holistic and and new birth oh, yeah. life. What was that? Okay, so there's going to be there's going to be a section in a minute where he describes himself, and it's going to be much longer than this. But the name of the facility or the the place because it's inside a facility is the New Birth New Life Holistic Alternative Medical Center. And you think that would be enough, but then he tags on at the end and urgent care. So you've got like gunshot <laughs> victims showing up. It's like, can you help me? It's like, well, I can spread some sage around. I guess I don't know what's what am I gonna do? Um, Sprinkle some sage on it. Yeah, it gets more interesting. Love Robinson hired two employees, an operations director and a programs director. It's like he's the doctor, and he's surrounded himself with other directors. I, I kind of feel like you need staff before you can have directors. Really, I feel like this could only happen in Florida. Yeah, this is a proper Florida story, isn't it? Let's be honest. So, to increase his legitimacy, Love Robinson created an NBNL website. I have no idea what that is. A Facebook page and established an account for himself on the doctor rating website healthgrades.org, where he described himself as. Now I'm going to need to take a big breath. Because this is a fucking mouthful and a half, this one. Uh, This is his description of himself. A well-rounded professional that treats and cares for patients using a system of practice that bases treatment of physiological functions and abnormal conditions on natural laws governing the human body. I mean, my bullshit sense is tingling big time right now. This is the big... Oh, man, I'm buying in. What are you talking about? Okay. (laughs) He's eloquent. He's... Well... It gets it gets even more eloquent. Utilizing physiological, psychological, and mechanical mechanical um, okay. is an odd choice. Open the hood. Let's see what we're working with here. Uh, <laughs> methods such as oh my god, such as air, water, light, heat, earth. He's the fucking last Airbender. The- <laughs> I was gonna say it. He's, he's the, he's he's using the Avatar. Magic. <laughs> and what's he, what do you mean earth are you just going to throw dirt at people or something what are you doing with hey that? maybe he took that literally just rub some dirt on it you'll be yeah, alright right, it'll be fine it's, the worms are good um, <laughs> phototherapy food and herb herb therapy so eating basically no hold on a second phototherapy I guarantee he was like hey I'm Take also a photographer off. girl you could be a model <laughs> <laughs> definitely that is right up this guy's alley so, food and herb therapy, um, psychotherapy, electrotherapy, physiotherapy, oh. minor and orifical surgery, mechanotherapy, naturopathic corrections and manipulation, that, which is a big thing for him, and natural methods or modalities. It sounds like something from Mortal Kombat. 
Uh, <laughs> modality. Uh, modality. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> oh my god! This and I'm still not finished. Uh, together with natural medicines, uh, natural processed foods. It's kind of a bit of an oxymoron that. Yeah. And herbs again with the fucking herbs. He's basically running an all-you-can-eat medical center at this point. <laughs> and nature's remedies. So more natural stuff. That. So that's how he describes himself. It's basically every medical procedure and practice you can ever think of in one description. So not only does he have delusions of grandeur, he doesn't understand the importance of brevity because fuck me, that was that was hard to read. <laughs> he also listed his age as twenty-five. So that's still young for that's a doctor. still young, and also a specialist in all of these areas. He should be like fifty-five at this point. Yeah. And he cl- oh, this is the best part. He also claimed to be a minister. So <laughs> it's like, hold on, hold on. You're 25. You're a doctor of all these things, and you're a minister. I call bullshit. Anyone who heard that should have been like, there is no fucking way, child, that you are all these things. Right? Oh my Damn. god. In addition, <laughs> I thought I'd get a lot of shit. I know. Like everyone, like when I say to people, oh, I do this, I do that. I've got all these jobs. Love Robinson's like, nah, fuck that. I've got all of these titles. In addition. Love Robinson created a fake diploma from the University of Arizona, which he shared on his Facebook page. He is yeah. just amazing. The um, This guy is a goldmine of utter insanity. Dude, he it. went for it. He went for he it. He went full force with this. Bull in a china shop of bullshit. It's amazing. Uh, Love Robinson's false credentials were revealed when he gave an, oh my God, he gave an office tour to a local ABC affiliate morning show throughout, (laughs) and they knew who he was, they knew about (laughs) his past, and he's still doing the tour, throughout the tour, he denied that he was pretending to be a doctor, and everything he was doing was above board, so they're going, so are you pretending to be a doctor again, because we know what you do in the past, and he's like, no, 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 I'm just handing out food, I'm just electrocuting people. <laughs> I'm using Mortal Kombat moves to heal them. <laughs> it's all above board. So, and they they did like a tour of the facility and like he's got receptionists and everything's very clean and there's people bustling around. And the whole time the ABC affiliate are like, right, we know that you've been done for this before. What are you doing? He's like, no, 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 it's all above board. Anyway. As the news crew left, uh, they noticed that there was a piece of tape covering a portion of Love Robinson's nameplate on the office listing board. When they removed it, they found the suffix MD over his nameplate. Uh, Hit it with tape. Yeah, I'll just put this tape here. No one will ever know. (laughs) It's probably a different colour to the board. Just until the cameras leave. Yeah. (laughs) You couldn't even just get some paint. And just like paint over it. No, he's just got some electrical tape. Oh my God. Yep. So what do you think happened next? Let's see. Massage, medical, <laughs> smorgasbord. I, I I, don't think I can even figure where this no. guy's going next. Well, he was arrested, thank Christ. Um, oh, good. Dr. Malachi Love Robinson was arrested in February 2016 for falsifying his medical license and misleading patients after a police sting operation caught him violating Florida law, like there's any fucking law in Florida. Um, How much of a sting would you have to do on that? You walk I know. in and be like, hey, are the you ABC crew found it in like 30 seconds. 
Come on. Is there is there an MD under your taped name over there? Are you <laughs> no, pretending to be no, a doctor again? That's not tape. You're seeing things. The sting was conducted after a citation from the Department of Health for practicing medicine without a license in October 2015 failed. An undercover agent went to Love Robinson's office and arrested him after receiving a physical exam and medical advice. He was like, I've got an owie. Like, oh, you should put some Neosporin on that. Right, you're under arrest. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah, I'm watching the, the Dateline guy come out right now. Oh my God, yeah. Like, <laughs> Chris Hansen's there. Why don't you take a seat? No, no. Don't tell me about the tape. Even after his arrest, Robinson remained defiant. He made national headlines by willingly appearing on Good Morning America and the Today Show to defend himself. Dude, just shut the fuck up and go away. That's the only way you're getting out of this. Don't go on the yeah. biggest fucking morning show in the world. And tell everyone how you're innocent. Innocent. <laughs> in addition to fraud charges, Love Robinson was accused of cashing an 86-year-old woman's checks after she was taken to the hospital. This is really dark. After finding him during an online search for doctors using natural therapies, Love Robinson made several house visits to treat her severe intestinal pain. During one visit, she became so ill that Love Robinson called for an ambulance and convinced her to leave her purse at the house. Love Robinson would later use her checks and make payments for his car loans and credit cards. Dark. Grief. Massive prick, this guy. Thief on top of his doctor's salary. Yeah. It's like, the, the doctor thing, you're like, okay, this guy really thinks he's a doctor, but then you hear that, you're like, oh, he's after money. Okay. He's just one of those guys. On January 4th, 2018, Malachi Love Robinson pled guilty to 14 criminal charges and was sentenced to three and a half years behind bars with credit for the 16 months he'd already served. He was not considered for release on probation and was told that he had to repay his victims $80,000 after his release. The punishment was considered light given the quantity and severity of the crimes he committed. If tried and convicted, he would have faced potentially up to 90 years in prison for that shit. Um, yeah. Well, I was going to say, light. Light's an understatement in this case, years. I think. <laughs> and he's already served 16 months, so he gets credit for that. So that's like, you know, a fair chunk off that sentence already. Now, obviously, he's yeah. not going to be considered for probation, but still, that's not a long time. Anyway... After being arraigned on medical fraud charges and released on $26,000 bail, Love Robinson was arrested in Stafford County, VA. VA is Virginia? Virginia, Virginia. yes. Uh, yeah. He was accused of using his 73-year-old godmother's personal information without permission to buy a $35,000 Jaguar. Yeah. Without permission? <laughs> without permission. Can I buy this Jaguar? No. Okay, that's the end of it. I'm going to take <laughs> this guy, he's even stealing from his godmother. He pleaded guilty to one count of false statement to obtain credit and a forgery-type charge serving one year in jail before returning to Florida to be tried for uh, practicing without a license. So Virginia, jail, Florida, prison. And well, at least Virginia got right to it. They exactly. They weren't fucking around times. like Florida. It's like, oh, he's a scamp. Let him go on his way. Dennis the Menace over here, honestly. Boys uh, will be boys. <laughs> it's such bullshit, honestly. How did he get away with it? Anyway, it's about to get even more dark, okay? So that should have been the end of his story. But then this year, well, sorry, last year rolled around and he got out of prison. After his release, he used a fake name 
Alex Robinson, to obtain a job with a broker company that connected customers or shippers uh, with transport companies. So they act as like a kind of a middleman and they take a car and, you know, capitalism at work, basically, you know. That's my day job. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty cool. I've been in that... Yeah, I've been in that industry for a minute. Oh, you're about to hear some interesting <laughs> stories then. The, I, first of all, I think that's really good. I mean, okay, uh, you know, he's faked his name to get the job, but he's got himself a decent job that he can do without needing to be qualified. You know, he's... Right. Yeah. It's, he, yeah. The door has opened for him, the next stage of his it's life. Good spot for a con man, too. Well, Love Robinson earned a decent commission for handling the transactions and would probably have gone on to have a successful career had he not told five customers to pay him directly. Um, yeah, he stole $10,130 from his employers mere months after his release from prison the last time. He had the money routed to him, routed, routed, to him in two ways. Four customers paid him through PayPal and Venmo. It's like, come on, dude, try harder than that. <laughs> so the funds went to his personal checking account. The other customer, this is where it gets really interesting, the other customer he scammed, paid $2,675 to a business called National Logistics Division LLC, which was linked to Love Robinson's name and home address. He had created the company two months after his release from prison. He set up an Ooh, LLC. That Damn. is amazing. Before going to the authorities, his boss tried to handle the matter privately. He showed an investigator several text messages from an apologetic Love Robinson, including a promise to return the money and make it right. His boss never did get the money back, and police decided to file charges in November of 2020. He's currently out on bond awaiting trial. A criminology professor who was approached by the Tampa Bay Times, who... Um, I can't remember the name of the article, but they've done a fantastic retrospective on this guy. I've had to go to a number of sources to get all this information, but the Tampa Bay Times did a, a good chunk of it for me. They reviewed Love Robinson's career, and they asked this criminology professor what he thought of Love Robinson. And he said that, uh, in his opinion, Love Robinson was probably a psychopath, but was also one of the most incompetent criminals he'd ever heard of. I mean, the sad thing is, this guy is clearly motivated and talented on some level. You know, he just can't help himself. He's 23, but he had the ability to set up an LLC almost immediately after getting out of prison. That's not easy. He set no. up all these companies. This guy kind of makes me feel bad about myself for having <laughs> failed in businesses and well, he is only a ever so setting up an LLC bad. once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... He he honestly he had that going for him at least or has yeah I imagine when he gets out exactly and the thing is as well with all of this and I'm not the first person to cover it there is a YouTube series called uh, Weekly Weird News um, I think it's I can't remember the name of the pod uh, the the actual channel but yeah Ricky and Shane cover it and they're two fantastic guys I've, I've kind of spoken to them before but they've covered his career in depth. And they've chronicled this career. And actually, when you look at the whole sequence of his life up to this point, there's a movie in there, right? This yeah. is a Netflix oh, yeah. movie opportunity, if I've ever seen one. Because as much as things like Polka King and stuff kind of highlight con men, th there has to be an element of likability. And, and like, I don't like what he's done. Stealing money from your godmother and, and this poor old woman that he sent to the hospital and conning god knows how many people and also some really dodgy behavior i kind of yeah 
I, I don't hate the guy at all. And I do hope he gets his life back on track because to be that young, hopefully he sees the error of his ways, but he might be looking he, he at 20 could, years in prison. He could, if he, if he's not, he could really do some great things. Absolutely. I mean, obviously he's got some talent there. Kind of reminds me now that you mentioned the movie thing that Catch Me If You Can yeah. with uh, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. And Absolutely. Tom with, uh, what was his name? Similar. Frank Abingnale. Yeah. Abingnale Jr. Yes. There we go. Yes. Fascinating life. And in the movie, he's incredibly likable, even though in real life he probably did an awful lot of damage. Um, right. and <laughs> some of those people will never forgive him. But I feel like this is an interesting enough story for there to be a film. And for the arc of the film to be that you kind of want something good to happen for this guy at the end. He's only 23. He's still incredibly young. And actually, if anything, he could be helping like Abignale Jr. did. He could help local authorities to spot con men and to find them out. Because he's come up with multiple different cons. Granted, he's completely incompetent because they always fail. Oh, yeah. But yeah, at the same time, right away, he's, it seems like. yeah, he's got something about him. So I have to ask you about Malachi Love Robinson. I've wanted to cover that for so long. What do you make of his story and him in general as an idiot? Okay, he's fascinating. Yeah, and like in a little, I guess maybe it makes me a bad person a little bit, but <laughs> I I almost kind of admire some of the stuff that he did. He's got and gumption <laughs> in spades. Oh, yeah. And as far as for like the idiot scale, we talked about yeah. you know truly truly believing in what he did. I don't oh, yeah. know that he really believed that. I mean, at first I thought he did. But then when I heard about the money thing, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, he might have talked so much that he talked himself into believing a, a little doctor. bit. doctor. Yeah. But as as far as a rating goes, first of all, I got to give Florida a 90. <laughs> what the fuck, it. Florida? <laughs> I, I'm going to put him pro- about 62, sure. I think. Yeah. I get Just, that. Because there's yeah. elements there where you're like, oh, I really hope this doesn't go the way it looks like it's going to go. And he's really got the opportunity to learn from his mistakes himself. Absolutely. The guy is still awaiting sentencing. You know, he's so young. And yes, he could be looking at a significant amount of prison time because it's, you know, it's another offense and they just tack on more time and all that. But at the same time, there is an element of hope there. And that's kind of the point of this podcast is this is someone who needed guidance and he needed an element of punishment early on to stop him going off the rails. And he didn't get that. He's this impressionable kid who thought he could get away with being a doctor and conning people out of money and stuff. And nobody said, look, if you go down this path, you're fucked. Your life will be just a wreck of constant crime and blah, blah, blah. Now, given that we are in an age where nobody can do anything without the internet reporting on it, I do think that he is being held to account in a different sort of way in that this will follow him everywhere. So he can't commit too many crimes because people will know about him eventually. So Hopefully. I I do genuinely hope (laughs) that Dr. Love, Malachi Love Robinson, gets his shit together whenever he gets out of prison and just settles down like to a peaceful life where he doesn't fuck people over. It'd be really good for him. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Team up on a, a a way to be like you know the WeWork guy or something. Later. Exactly. Yeah. Do something with that unbelievable drive you have and the ability to set up these companies. And like he was hiring employees at seventeen years old, and none of them questioned it. Yeah, he must have something about him that is charming enough for people to look past the obvious fact that Jesus, this guy looks young. Like he can barely yeah. grow facial hair. Jesus. 
Um, He's just got to get rid of the whole needing to steal money from people part yeah. of it, and he'll be successful. Get rid of that. Have someone around you that holds you to account and keeps you in check, and he might actually do something with his life. I'd love to see that Netflix film, though. I'm not kidding. Like, oh, turn yeah. that into maybe even a mini series. Like, give me four episodes of that shit. I will eat yeah. that up with a spoon. I will absolutely devour that. So, here ends the tale of Dr. Malachi Love Robinson, who was never a fucking doctor, you idiot. So, <laughs> and that was, that's really interesting. So, we've had one guy who predicted the end of the earth multiple times and somehow people believed him. And then we've had a guy who wanted to be a doctor so badly that he used it as a way to kind of fulfill his dreams, but at the same time, he went down a road of corruption and criminal behaviour, and, and that's fascinating. So, really, um, we hope that you learn something from these stories. If you are thinking that you're getting messages about the end of the Earth, maybe talk to somebody about that before you start making bold predictions and spending $100 million on advertising campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you think you want to be a doctor... Get a fucking degree or something. Don't just show up in a hospital, hang around the gynecology department with a stethoscope and call yourself Dr. Robinson, for God's sake. Please don't do that. Unless you're in Florida. Unless you're in Florida, apparently that shit flies (laughs) I mean, still don't do it. Yeah, still don't do it there, but they'll probably give you a slap on the wrist. Anyway, that's been a fascinating week. Derek, what did you make of this week's stories idiots i had a fun time researching uh harold camping yes looking at end of the world prediction theory stuff uh his math was insane yeah come Uh, on dude you're an engineer at least get it right once well when you look at the the math problem that he did it was like if then (laughs) here there was stuff everywhere it looked like sheldon's uh whiteboard from big bang theory i'm like what the hell is all of that and he's like and you see here it's uh 71 days october 21st seven plus one and four is oh one of those Sure, okay. Yeah, Finding signs and barcodes and stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, my yeah. God. And I honestly hadn't really heard too much about... Malachi Love Abigail Ma- Ma- Malachi, yeah. <laughs> There's that Abignail name. Jr. Dr. <laughs> Abignail Jr., yeah. Essentially a 21st um, century version of that, more or less. Uh, less successful, I oh, think. Oh, God, yes. Much less successful yeah. than Frank Abignail. Way, way more incompetent. Yeah. But hopefully <laughs> helps the same way yeah. later on. Hopefully just so. as interesting a film made about their life. So let's let's keep our fingers crossed about that. All right. uh, I guess that's our show for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Derek, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye, everybody, and especially you, Taiwan. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Taiwan. (laughs) We will see you soon. And uh, remember, it's never too late to stop making mistakes, whether you think you are predicting the end of the earth or if you've just got a fascination with being a doctor don't do it and don't be an idiot and learn from these lessons but uh until next time we will see you soon goodbye <laughs>